All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from the Nation Network. I got 50, I got 50 for days. Brought to you by Finning Canada, the parts you need when you want them. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Finning Canada podcast. We call it the Real Life podcast, but it is indeed brought to you by Finning Canada. All the parts you need in one place. Why was this introduction so unprofessional? You may be asking yourself, have I accidentally tuned into the wrong podcast? You may be asking yourself, or maybe you accidentally hit podcast on your iTunes and you're not listening to Bruno Mars anymore. It is a Finning Canada, all the parts you need in one place, real life podcast, but there's nobody in charge this week. It's just me, Wanye. And it was an emergency situation because Gregor wanted to go to Bruno Mars and he was calling me all weekend and I knew what he was calling me about. I'm like, he's going to pull some crap. He's going to pull some Bruno Mars shit. Gregor loves Bruno Mars more than he should. And I have been known to over fanboy people, but Gregor and Bruno Mars is creepy. So then he texts me today and he's like, hey man, did you get my voicemail? And I'm like, Gregor, I've never listened to a voicemail since like 2006. You know this. You never leave me voicemails if you're leaving me a voicemail because you're trying to get out of something. He's like, oh, I can't be on the show this week because I'm going to Bruno Mars. I'm like, you knew about this. You knew about this the minute the 24-karat gold tour was announced. You knew you weren't going to be on this podcast, you ass. So I panicked and did what I always do when there's a problem. I phoned Egg Milk and I said, hurry, man, to the podcast studio. We're screwed. And here I am. Thank God. I just, you know what? I love the idea of Gregor at Bruno Mars. Oh. Do you think he's dancing? I'm sure. I'm sure he's wearing a sequined shirt with 12 collars popped. He's got all his old earrings back in. There's uh, a lot of them. I want to know what his jam is. Like when Uptown Funk comes on and he's just hitting the, he's on the stairs just doing his moves. Shiny blue jacket. Yeah. Tight pants. Yeah. I noticed last time I saw Gregor, he was wearing very tight jeans. It's shocking. And I honestly believe that if you can imagine him and Gregor Mansion 
doing like what's that Tom Cruise movie where he's like dancing around the house? Risky business. Risky business. Oh. That's the, no, that's not risky business. Yeah. Uh, who's our risky? third? Who's our third this week? You might be asking. My right, God, this podcast is having a reveal a second. You might be saying to yourself, Mark Majo's here. Hey guys, our producer. Hate to break the fourth wall. Oh my God, I've been waiting months to finally chime in on this podcast. Months. Arguably the most important part of the podcast because when we used to make them at Little Brick and we recorded them on an old potato plugged into a toaster, <laughs> you were kind enough to be like, "Why don't you guys come, come to a here. professional experience yes. place?" Yes. Yes, that's that's why I'm here, fellas. Am I the only person here whose people have seen their face of? Yeah, and you have a real real name. Too. Well, no, I, I I don't like saying this on the podcast. My real name is actually Jason Greger, and I changed it when yes. I got into radio because yes. I didn't want I didn't want another Paul Brown situation. Of so. Paul Brown being the morning show here in Edmonton. Yes. So now, yes, my real name is actually Jason Greger, but my friends call me Mark. Of course, of course. So that's that's why I'm here. Uh, Gregor Bruno does he might get excited for Uptown Funk, but I imagine he gets really emotional when that because you're amazing just the way you are. I bet you he holds Mrs. Gregor's hand. A little tear goes down. Yeah. Uh, that's I bet you that's what happens. Tonight. I feel like Gregor has a 45 minute wake up in the morning routine where he's just looking at himself in the mirror and flexing. Now he's all skinny and jacked and whatnot. He's just like, Jason, you are a goddamn institution in this city. You are a pillar of the community and you are an excellent radio speaking guy and you have $10 trillion in the bank. And then he just like, Takes on the day. Yeah, that's then he comes and he runs into the studio and delivers four hours of radio every single day. Four hours. It's a lot. You guys do a podcast like an hour a week. It's tough to find stuff to talk about. He does four hours a day. Oh, man. And 20 it's 20 hours a week. It's not like now we're throwing over to the Beatles. No, it's, it's just Gregor talking forever. 45 minutes an hour, four hours a day. I always thought like it's hard to be on the radio. It's very hard to do a podcast. I don't know what I'm doing. And I have a lot of people helping me. God help me. If I did this for a living, I would be screwed. But it would be way easier to be a music DJ. Oh yeah, than it is to do sports or talk radio. I oh bet yeah, most politics is just as hard. Probably yes, but music—you don't know what to say. Here, yeah, here's Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven. See you in eight minutes. Exactly, and you're like, <laughs> it's not you that's popular. It's yeah. Led Zeppelin, yeah. and you're it's, like, I can make money off that forever. Talk radio is a tough, tough uh, sled from time to time. Have you done both worlds? No, I've just been in. Uh, yeah, I graduated from Nate six years ago, and ah. yeah. Another ook. Yes. Another ook in the house. You're, you're an ook for life, oh, I believe right. is what they say. Now, this might be a very unprofessional question to ask, but I've Six always inches. wondered this. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Sorry. Let's ask your question. Well, it actually answers my question <laughs> okay. because my question was, because I don't know anybody, right? Like, I never came and kicked it at the studio. <laughs> I would not go when Gregor would, like, do a celebrity bikini contest judging. I don't want to go to those things, right? I don't want to. No. I stay deep underground where I'm safe. Did you just have a giant afro? I did, yes. I oh, had a man. massive afro, yes. Like, it <laughs> in was my huge. mind, the guy with the giant afro got fired right about the time you showed up. <laughs> yes, he got new glasses and shaved and yeah, got a haircut. Like yes, it, was it was just like a supreme or the, extreme home makeover U edition. That was the old Mark Majot. Didn't dead. one of the Oilers coaches comment on your hair? Dallas Akins did, yes. So good. That was Dallas Akins. There's a lot of things to remember from Dallas Akins era, but the one time is, yeah, I was in the back of the room, like the old interview room at Rexall place it was about the size of the studio I'm not joking they'd fit about 12 people into a tiny room and I was in the back corner with this massive hair and I believe it was Min Darwall from CBC Min was right in front of me asking a question he asked a good question and then halfway through it Dallas just looked what I thought was at Min but he looked at me and goes your hair is so distracting I gotta tell you and then at that point like uh what do I do now do I leave or do I comment and everyone laughed I kind of chuckled, like, ha do you want me to leave? He's like, no, nah, you're fine. 
I'd be like, really? This is why I could never be real media. I'd be like, really, Dallas? Am I distracting you from ruining our franchise, you asshat? Maybe I should distract you so it isn't as awful. Maybe you should be in the media so you can actually ask questions. No, like no, that. because then the president of Bell would fax me or some Probably. damn thing. We and do fax a lot here. Fired. Well, it's the old school way. But yes, uh, Dallas Aikens did comment on that. Uh, <laughs> a player who does not play here anymore once skated off the ice <laughs> and yelled at the top of his lungs. Holy fucking shit, it's LMFAO! <laughs> As he was skating off the ice at practice, it was wonderful. Exactly. Can I curse, by the way? Of course, say whatever the fuck okay. you please. Okay, okay good, good. Oh, good. Yeah. That, that was very, that one made me chuckle. Oh my God. See, I would, that's so interesting because I was like, I wonder what happened to that guy with the big afro. Oh. The new guy seems yeah, nice. Like, I didn't me. realize that was you. No, it was me. I took that over. I, with that iconic image. How yeah, can you forget? Yeah. The Taylor you know, Swift image. The Taylor Swift image. The one. What? You haven't seen it? How you you haven't seen? This? I think he's the only guy that hasn't. I think seen you it. might honestly it. be the only person. Go to town all the time. People listening have seen this picture. So yeah, so I got a meet and greet working in this building many years ago. Look at that head of hair. For those who can't see, no. I'm showing Wanye the Taylor Swift. Put no. I think he is the last person at Edmonton to have not seen this photo. Oh man! Look at that winner right you there. You need to make T-shirts of this photo. I have made them... T-shirts of. I wore it at the last Taylor <laughs> Swift show. Myself and Yukon Jack from the Bear wore that T-shirt. And you don't realize how bizarre it is to wear a T-shirt with your face on it until you wear a T-shirt with your face on it. People look at the shirt, look at you, yeah. So I'm looking at this photo. Maybe we'll post it on. Yeah, the we got to get audio visual up in this. We'll try, to, we'll try to find it somewhere. I don't know if I posted it recently. Uh, I don't oh, have man. it on my hard drive either. I've tweeted it probably like five Maggio times. I was just standing next to Taylor Swift. And it's a winner. She looks like the Madame Tussauds Taylor Swift image. And she touched she touched my hair too. If you told me that that wasn't real or photoshopped, <laughs> I'd be like, yes, of course. Yeah. Or if you said you were at a wax museum, not because yeah. Taylor Swift looks like a but it, yeah, she's. But you actually touched and talked to Taylor. I did. She touched my hair. This was summer of, I want to say, 13. I said, hi, Taylor. She said, hi, I love your hair. I'm like, Thank you. I said, I'm sorry about all the potholes and mosquitoes this summer. She's like, oh, that's fine. <gasps> I don't know. Then we took the picture, and then... <laughs> you charm her. Yeah, I like that. Was so. a, that was someone a, get sued for trying to grab Taylor Swift? Yeah. Probably. It wasn't me, though. I'm, there not, is I'm a, actually not allowed to talk about it. <laughs> there's a radio guy who was posing for a picture very much like Majo. Did not have the, the luxurious hair, though. <laughs> and he had his arm around her. And uh, I don't really know the details. I, I watch a lot of TMZ. Wow. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah, and it was something she said. She claimed he was touching her inappropriately or something like that. If you look at the picture, I have a floating hand because I didn't. I'm an awkward individual to begin oh, with. Oh, I wouldn't I know didn't what know. to yeah, do. Was... Yeah, you, you got full out to the side, pterodactyl style. Ooh, <laughs> I'd be like yeah. Taylor Swift. Do you want me to sign a non-disclosure agreement yeah. that we ever touched each other? Like she isn't. I have a lot of respect for Taylor Swift. I don't know what you think. No, well, I'm I'm a huge T Swift. Are you? Oh, like honestly, like she. Yeah, her music isn't for everyone, but stuff she's kind of done behind the scenes. Like she went to bat for artists with the Apple Music thing a couple of years. I think yeah. she's she's kind of one of the biggest artists of the planet right she is, now. She is. Well, yeah, and, and I think that what's interesting about her is just, like, the team around her, right? Yeah. So, I actually have an interesting Taylor Swift story. I, Do you get I, carried out of your apartment in a suitcase as well? So I believe that to be true. Okay. I believe oh, man, that, that is the true. best story ever. But at the same point, she can't leave her house. No, At the same not. time, just buy a penthouse in a building where you can be loaded into a car garage. Or a or box. That, and leave. Or that, too. Yeah. The rumor being that Taylor Swift was being ferried in and out of her apartment in a giant piece of audio-visual equipment yes. case. Which I assume would have like those stag delights made of foam. <laughs> Probably to protect yes. Probably yes. Sad that you're worth that kind of money yeah. and you have to do that, or sadder still if you do that to generate buzz. I. Oh, which one? Do you, she's done some things to generate buzz before, right? Taylor Swift gets it though. She does. She gets it. So this is a story I have. So I do a lot of weird things. I go here, there, and everywhere, all in the name of money. And I'm in this meeting in Mexico City with like these consultants, right? And they're like, 
you know, fancy people and I'm sitting there in a Jordan Eberly squee t-shirt <laughs> and don't know or particularly care of half of what's going on. But a lot of times when I'm in meetings, I'll get super sidetracked and just rant about unrelated shit, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, I will tell people about Connor McDavid <laughs> in a conversation about, like, data you know, architecture. And I'll be like, that reminds me of a Connor McDavid story. He was in the playoffs and he did this button hook. And next thing you knew, it was in the back of the net. And people were like, who cares? Sir, the meeting ended hours ago. <laughs> exactly. And this isn't a meeting. You're at the bus depot <laughs> yeah. and wear your pants, right? And so I'm in this meeting with this lady and I talk the way I do. And, and she's like, why do you talk like this? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you're very odd. And I'm like, oh yeah. And I'm talking about like complicated internet crap <laughs> for lack of a better term. She's like, I've only ever met one other person that talked like you. And I'm like, really? Was it a serial killer? And I actually say that. And she's like, okay, no. She's like, no, I, I was like, I was part of this like board of directors for a large bank. And I would have these conference calls where I wouldn't be there, but I'd be like listening on behalf of a bunch of institutional investors. And there was a whole bunch of big shareholders in this bank on this call. And they'd be like, today the bank made money, blah, blah, blah. People need mortgages. I can't imagine how boring these calls would be. And she would go offline and have another call with another big shareholder. And every time he'd be on the call with her, you know, they do like small talk. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, three more years till I quit. And she's like, oh, you're quitting. And he's like, yeah, I'm quitting. What are you going to do? I'm quitting to manage my daughter's career. Ooh. And she's like, oh, yeah, that seems crazy. You're a giant shareholder of a giant institutional investor of a giant bank. Like you're the dad on Mary Poppins before it all <laughs> goes to hell. And he's like, oh, no, no, my daughter's just the greatest thing since sliced bread. And she's nine or ten. And as they go through these quarterly calls, and she's like, I became, became friends with this guy. He would always say, like, 18 more months till I quit to manage my My daughter was out in so-and-so working with such-and-such coach. And she's like, this guy was a machine. Like, you don't rise to the stratosphere that these fancy people are talking at if you're not, like, very driven, very determined. And apparently his daughter, as he comes to tell her, he's like, my daughter's 10 times more determined than I am. He's ten, she's 10 times smarter than I am. She's 100 times more talented than I am. And this guy was just like in awe of his daughter. And he's wow. like, we're going to go into the music industry and we're not letting anyone take advantage of her ever. And this lady was telling me, she's like, when he said it, I believed it. And she's like, you kind of talk like that, but I think that you're a liar. And I'm like, probably. <laughs> and then I was like, be professional. Don't ask who she's talking about. Don't ask, but I really want to know. And then like five minutes later, we'd moved on. And I was like, I just got to ask, who are you talking about? Did the da- daughter turn out to be famous? And she was like, what? Oh, yes, it's Taylor Swift's dad. Now, anyways, back to what we're talking about. And I was like, damn. Wow. So think about the family focus and working together as a team and having giant ambitions. Yeah. There's so many other shady Hollywood parents out there and singer parents that, like, are just leeches on their kids. Yeah. And then to to deliver on that, too. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know where we go after that. She Wow. And then this lady was just like her dad, who was this titan. He's not like Mr. Lohan, like trying to get celebrity bikini judging money out of his daughter's back. This guy is like a titan. Wow. He runs the whole shebang. And I just think about like, man, it's a real good like story about drive and determination. Yeah, it is. And Taylor Swift could have stopped doing what she was doing a long time ago. But Taylor Swift is like this monolithic entity in the entertainment industry that's like the Borg and is just like assimilating other famous people. See, with without Gregor and Strutz, I get your Borg reference. Those guys are not, well, they're cool. That's the thing. Yeah. We're all dorks here. Exactly. You a Trek fan, Bag Milk? I am not. Why not? You know what? I just like, when I was little, my brother used to always watch Star Trek. Every version Deep Space Nine, Next Generation. And I just like. Must have been a lot of ladies at the Bag Milk house those days. I was like, man. You're lame. I'm not watching things that you like. You're lame, so I'm going to do my own thing. It turns out it's pretty good. It's, it's not a pretty good show. 
I had the benefit of two brothers, one like a sci-fi fan and the other a jock. So I got the mix of both words, the best of both worlds, actually. Yeah. So I got the sports and I got the treks. I, I like the stars, the wars or the treks. Doesn't matter in between. Oh, I love it all. Yeah. I love it all. It's all the best. Star Trek The Next Generation, the foundations of the Federation gave me the principles on which I live today. There we go. That's I was raised by the television. And it like I was the, the guy who didn't see the latest. Well, I guess I still haven't seen the latest Star Wars that Pro came one? out. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Have you seen episode seven? I've seen episode seven. Okay. So I was the guy who took like a year to see it. Okay. Even though it blew everyone's mind that I hadn't seen it yet. But I'll get around to it. Eventually. You know, it's just like one of those things that just the big the big train needs to get moving, you yeah. know? If, do you remember like 10 years ago when it would take 20 years for a movie to get released mm -hmm. on home yeah. video? Mm -hmm. Now it's like I could watch Rogue One on my phone right now during this podcast. Oh, yeah. You hear it's that, nuts. Bell? You sure can. What with the streaming rates <laughs> exactly. and all? Exactly. It's nuts. I wonder about when you have like nerdy people like that. Like I'm horrid. The stuff I haven't watched. So I, I haven't watched a children's movie since Little Mermaid. Okay. But you don't have a reason to watch a children's movie. I watched movie. Finding Dory like a week ago. A lot of people watch children's movies, even though they have no reason. They're like, oh, I'm on a plane. I might as well watch Cars or oh, I'm this and that. Mm -hmm. I've saved every single movie since Little Mermaid for when I have kids. Okay. My thinking being, not having kids, that I speak to, um, <laughs> you're going to have this time where you can never leave your house. Yeah, that's very and the true. the old lady, <laughs> she'll be like, if you leave this house, I'm going to shoot you with a crossbow, you son of a bitch. So I'll be like, I'm so glad I've never watched the following shows. Breaking Bad. Never Me saw neither. one wow. second. Me neither. Game of Thrones. Never Me saw one second. Nor have I. The Wire, all these other okay. shows. I've never seen any of these shows ever because I'm saving them all for when I can't leave and I'm saving all the kiddie shows. Like, I've never seen a second of Harry Potter. Okay. No idea. Wow. I assume it's to do with a wizard of some variety. It, it is. From That's what rumors say, yes. All I is. know. And I'm wow. so looking forward to like being like calling up people I know and being like, I just watched Weeds. It's amazing. And then we like call 10 years ago when we gave a shit. Is there anything that you've been putting off on purpose that you really want to watch? Like, is there something you're like, God, I wish I could watch that, but I still got to wait well, for I it? I assume Harry Potter is just phenomenal because yeah. J.K. Rowling <laughs> went from being homeless to richer than the queen. That's very it. true. I'm That's assuming there's true. something there. That's very true. I kind of went through the same thing. I recently moved and I didn't have cable or internet for like 10 days. Oh, wow. Sucks. <laughs> Not gonna lie, boys. So I started. I started watching The Wire recently. Okay. It's the same thing. It's great, but everyone's like, "That was 2006." Mm -hmm. Yeah. Worrying. Like, yeah, I know, but it's they're using like beepers and payphones. Like, yeah, I know. It's uh, it's. I, I feel your pain. Like, if, if I get sorry. Every Sunday, I see people going on about Game of Thrones, and I'm super into it. I'm into the idea. There's dragons. There's magic. There's all kinds of cool shit. But then I also see everybody tweeting about. Who is this person? I don't even know who that person is. And it just seems like so much work to me to remember all the characters. And then I get into my own head that, do I really want to put in this much time remembering stuff that doesn't really have anything to do with me? But then I want to because I want to be in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems hard. I just want to be left in with the cool kids. Do you guys, when you watch stuff, are you, do you watch it or are you on your phone? Because that's why I struggle with Game of Thrones. I'll be on my phone playing crib or some sort of brick breaker game. And I'm like, wait, what happened? And then I'll have to go back and watch the same thing. Are you, do you guys focus when you watch stuff? If it's teen mom, I have to live tweet oh, yeah, it. Everybody knows mom. it. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, generally like it depends what show it is. Like Wanya and I were talking about big brother yeah. and sometimes things happen in big brother where I got to tweet about it. Yeah. People need to know how much I love Kevin. That's fair. And I need everybody to love Kevin as much as I love Kevin. I feel like though you and I too have like <clears throat> really been the kings of multitasking and watching Oilers games and tweeting now for <laughs> 800 years like I've developed the capability to multitask pretty good fairly well sorry grammar matters <laughs> we don't have grammarly in real life Wanye um, but I don't think that um, like when I watch a show 
if I get into it, it's inappropriate. How much <laughs> I get into it. Like I used to watch Lost. Ah, uh, yes. But I watched Lost like Willis watches Oilers games. <laughs> and I was so into the job or the job boards, the, the Lost boards. Mm-hmm. That's what actually gave us the idea for Oilers. Really? Games. Okay. Because I was on all these Lost boards and I was big into like boy bands and I was always on their boards too. <laughs> But Lost did such a good job of releasing content online that gave you clues to the show. Okay. That going on the the heavy-duty, like, HF boards of Lost mm-hmm. was, like, a very enriching experience. I only know how to watch a show if I'm going to get all the way in and go all the way to the bottom and settle there and just make it my whole world. So that's the other reason why I don't do Game of Thrones is I know it'll take over my life. And I'll be like, Khaleesi and the dragons? And I'll talk in old, weird language tongues. But at least you know it, though, right? You know that you'll fall into that pit. So you cautiously stay away. I'm like a crackhead who doesn't go near a crack house. Because I know that I will want all of the crack. HBO is the crack house of this life. Oh, and that's... exactly. It'd be exactly right. Exactly. So. And I love the Oilers, obviously. Naturally. Naturally. And I spend every waking moment, most days, just being like, mm-hmm, reading everything about the Oilers, knowing exactly what's going on with nothing, which is mostly what's going on. Well, yeah, question for you guys who, like, we all cover the Oilers or talk about the Oilers here in this room, but how has this offseason been... What's the biggest difference from, let's say, a pre-McDavid offseason? Like, there's, they haven't made any really major moves, to be honest, but people still seem rather excited for this offseason. Oh, excuse me, yes. Major moves. Sorry, I forgot. I'm getting the <laughs> they death They didn't make any major they moves. They did. I take that back. They just bought four Bonnie Dune malls worth of Connor McDavid for the next nine That's years. That's not a move, though. That's the a thing. move. That's a signing of a contract. Yeah, he was believe me, here, it's though. a move if he doesn't sign that deal. It's true. That's true. But how has this offseason been for you? Boys? Amazing. Yeah. You're, Tremendous. You're yeah. Connor McDavid. I come from a world where the Oilers have no money. And we lose Bill Guerin for an old Ford Pinto and $50 in Subway gift certificates because we can't afford to match. I remember crying when Cujo left. I remember when oh, David Oliver fun. scored 20 goals and he left. We were like, well, at least we know no one will ever score 20 goals again because the Rangers just picked them off like a pterodactyl swooping in. It's just been a different like playoffs. Like the, the bar has kind of been set now, hasn't it? Oh, man, yeah, but, like, look at what just happened. The new Sidney Crosby See, signed a nine-year deal, and he's going to stomp everybody. Well, I take back my nothing oh. happened this offseason. I'm getting death glares it's right now. No, not a death glare. I'm just I'm very shocked that you well, wouldn't that's... think nothing happened this summer. To me, th- there's a concern. Okay. Because I feel like a lot of things, obviously, Connor McDavid transcends all concerns. Yep. He's just, he's a unicorn, and God bless us for having him. To me, there are concerns in the sense that a lot of things went right last year. Uh, they only missed one game in the top six. Pat Maroon missed like the last game. And that was, I think, just held them out. I think just because it was game 82. Clefbaum was healthy. Larson was healthy. Everybody was healthy. And um, there's a concern that that probably won't replicate itself. And they didn't do a lot to kind of upgrade in a season like Connor's last year. All right. Let's get math involved. You like math? (laughs) No. How many Connor McDavid's (laughs) do we have? One. One. And he's pretty good. For nine years. For nine years. I don't need to know anything beyond that. I don't care what our PK2 Corsi rating Fenwick 8, 7, 12, Route 3 is. Doesn't matter. Connor got 100 points this year. What would you say if I told you he could get 800 points? Mm, that's good return on investment. Right? Imagine very that. Good. A mere 10 points good. a game. Connor could do it. That's very good. Uh, who is more likely to produce more points? The Edmonton Oilers. I believe they finished with, with 103. Connor or Connor of the 100. Connor? Thinks, yeah, I, I, I think so as well. Too. I think the others could get 110 points, but what? Connor could get 900. But I, I think know. he just needs to realize how good he is. I think he's starting to do that. Do you know what I mean? It's like one of those things where he's just like, I go through everybody and now I'm going to wait for somebody. I'm going to pass to somebody because I'm going to be a good dude. Yeah. No. I, yeah, I agree. I think he'll no, start to No, Connor. Get... 
He is a good dude. He He's a great a dude. And you know what? I want him to be a selfish dude. Oh, yeah. We can talk about that. Yeah. I'm going to be the, the professional one in charge here and say, we got to throw it to break, boys. Got to send it over to the spindle factory. Oh, your spindle's in one place. We'll be back in a jiffy after a real ad. It's late, and you just finished a full day of work. Your equipment is done for the day, and tomorrow bright and early, you start all over again. You know what you need to keep it running smoothly, but there's not a break in the schedule to make that happen. With over 1.4 million cat parts at your fingertips on parts.cat.com, getting that part just became easier. Any device, anytime, anywhere. Get what you need, when you need it. Order today. Parts.cat.com And we're back. Real Life Podcast. Not Jason Greger here, speaking. 1.4 million parts at your fingertips, finning. Has anyone ever done an inventory and come out and been like, I hate to tell you this, it's 1.393 million parts. I have a question for you. Yeah. Of those 1.4 million parts, how many do you think you know what they do? Two. I would the act. light switch in the warehouse <laughs> and the door to leave if they're included in the inventory. What about you, Major? Like, uh, do you, are you a technical guy? For no. me, I'm the worst kind of quote unquote male there is. Yeah, my dad is ashamed of me, to be honest. Mine I can't, too. I can't do Mine really. <laughs> this is what we should have been talking about the, the last shame of my parents. Why is your dad ashamed of you? Yeah. Go. Well, he's a carpenter and I get blisters and I have to quit. No, I, I'm not a technical guy at all. So. At my house, we had, a, we had a sink out in my house mm-hmm. for seven months. And the reason it was out for seven months is I was waiting for my dad to get back from Phoenix Ooh. in the winter. So what I did was we just used another sink. We just pretended that one didn't work. We piled things over it. Don't use that sink. There's like, it leaks. Don't use it. My dad comes home. He's like, you're just, you're an idiot sometimes. (laughs) That's a certain level of lazy. I can respect that. When I moved into my new house, it had been empty for a while. Mm -hmm. That's when I got it in foreclosure. No, not in foreclosure, but it had been empty for a long time. And they do a thing where they like treat the house for winter. They bleed out all the pipes and then turn off the mains. Nothing freezes. So all the toilets have been wrapped. They said, like, do not open. And I was like, ha, ah, it's funny. We own this house now. We're going to do whatever we want in these toilets. They're ours now. And mine had a leak in it because it just sat empty, right? So I call a buddy who knows stuff. And I'm like, my toilet's leaking everywhere. And he's like, oh, it's like a seven-cent washer. Go to the washer store. I don't know where that would be. And buy one. And then it's just, you remove the deflangulator and the protected pipe and blah. I'm like, fuck, I stopped listening 10 minutes ago. So I just left it. So the bathroom, I'd never had an ensuite before. And for like, a year, not even eight months. I had no toilet. And then one day my buddy walked in and was just like, what's up with your toilet? Why is it wrapped? I'm like, we'll never use it. <laughs> no, there's a seven cent washer that needs to be replaced. He literally grabbed me by the ear, dragged me to home Depot, bought it, carried it out. It was like one item in the checkout line and fixed my toilet. Floor. Well, that's exactly like me. I was like, dad, my sink's broken. Yeah. I don't know how to fix it. I got to call a plumber. He's like, do not call a plumber. He gets home and then he fixes it in like 10 minutes. The parts wow. cost $20. I don't know how to do anything most people know how to do. Yeah. I, I take that back. I do I do have a toilet story for sharing toilet stories or bathroom stories. I had a clog in mine. Like, it wasn't flushing. It's like, crap. That's the problem. No pun. Yeah, I know. Well, that was what of, the issue was. So, like, what do I do? And I'm like, I don't want to call my dad. Like, you know what? I'm going to go to the internet, maybe something else. So, I type in YouTube, clog toilet. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try this myself. So, I had to, like, take the screws off the bottom. Well, like, turn, turn the water off. No. Like, it drink it. And I actually unclogged my own toilet, put it back, still works fine. And the reason I want to do this myself is because it was my fault. <laughs> I have a bad habit. You know those floss <laughs> toothpicks? 
Yeah. I would throw those in the toilet after. You mad I know, man. Right? What you a bad habit. So wow. then I have I... a bad habit. When I floss regularly, I <laughs> throw the, my yes. toothpick deals down the toilet. So when I got to them, it was just clogged with these toothpaste picks and they were clean so it was right by the water but it was i felt very and your dentist is like this isn't a problem at all yes, see yes <laughs> but uh, so it was i did fix something myself my dad is still very ashamed of me but at least i fixed I'm that proud flossing. yeah exactly I was so like, hey dad what do you want to tell you i floss all the live long day neither of my brothers would have been able to fix that so screw those guys yeah exactly i'm the youngest but the most technically inclined like my brother's a mechanic so it just makes oh. me look even worse Sometimes Siblings I'll call him real and like, jobs, am I, right? I, don't, I don't know what I, I don't know what's going on with my truck it's making a sound he's like Put the phone up to the truck, and then he'll tell me what's wrong with it. You can do that with just hearing it? Yeah. You can see with his mind? Yeah. Wow. Like, the guys that know things, I'm so impressed by things that they know. See, here's my argument. We all know things. We just know different things. Yes. So, for, like, example, I don't know how to do things. Like, cook, clean, fix anything on Earth, talk to a human woman. None of of these things apply to me. I can make the computers work, Mm -hmm. and I feel like if I triple down on what I'm good at, I can get people to do the other things for me because I'm doing the thing I'm good at. When you go to school and you're bad at chemistry, what do you get taught? Go home and learn chemistry and you're not allowed to go out and play until you're good at chemistry. In reality, what you should do is go get the smartest person in your chemistry class to take your test for you in full view of your teacher. And then you get the second smartest chemistry kid to write a second test for you. Then you pay your teacher to look at which one's more right and then you submit that. Is That's this, what the real world is. Is this coming from a, is this a true story? No, this but this have, is how the business okay. world applies. I thought this is actually how you no, got no, through no. high school. But if you but apply yeah. like the business world yeah. to school, that's what you would do. Yeah, that's true. You'd find the two smartest kids in your class, pay them both to do it, then pay your teacher to review your work. Then when you're all done, then you send in your diplomas. That's very and true, you actually. you get 109. You hear that, kids? Pay somebody to do your tests. Exactly. You might get expelled, but you'll make it in the business world. And if the real world were like school, if someone came up to me and said, hey, who won the war of so-and-so, I would just continue living on with my day and not answer that question. This is why, like, (laughs) I'm very interested to see how teachers, like, I don't have any kids. I have a little nephew, and he's quite rotund, (laughs) says the doctors. Uh, And I'm, like, interested to see when he goes to school and I start going through school with a little guy. When teachers used to say the crap they said to us, like, why do you need to learn how to do this in your head? You're not going to be able to carry a calculator around with you all day long. And then you wave a smartphone in their face. Yeah. When was the War of 1812? I could give 10 yeah. shits. Why? You're not going to have access to Google all the time? Of course you will. Like, how do you prevent kids from cheating? Uh, I know. It's I, it's tough, man. Like, it's And kids now, we sound so old. The kids, these, they yeah. have, like, iPads and stuff at their desks. Yep. But see, I think it's really interesting that we live in an era now with the technology kids have on them, which we never had technology nope. when I was a kid. I had a graphing calculator. I thought I was Borg. A second Borg reference. (laughs) When when you have the technology that kids can have in 2017 and you ask a room of kids really any question at all, Mm -hmm. and within seconds they can have an answer for you using the internet. That to me is like a big leap forward in humanity. Not kids can cheat now and look on their phones. It's like, no, every kid has access to all information, period. The kind of information we need to know needs to change, I think. Yeah, totally. I mean, Ask a kid, though, how to handwrite. I find that funny that they just stop teaching kids how to do scripted words. Like, I have fun with my niece all the time. She's 14. I'm like, what time does that clock say over there? And she's like, I hate when you ask me this. I have no idea how to read one of those clocks. <laughs> See, your, your niece is ignorant. What you got a situation <laughs> yeah. there, some ignorance. Yeah, she doesn't need to know that. She's got an iPhone, man. She's like, what time is it? It's 5.30, dummy. Yeah, we want to know what time it is in Dublin? I'll tell yeah. you in five seconds because yeah. I've got my world app. I think education has kind of changed in the fact that it's all about 
where to find the information you need now, right? It's not what you know. It's G-O-O-G-L-E how it's, G-O-O-G-L-E yeah, it's, com But it's how fast you can find it, though, now. Less really. than a, yeah. Yeah, like, that's really how it comes smartest guy in the room is who can pull out their phone fastest and type it in quick. Like, it's the way people learn and retain knowledge, in my opinion, is kind of changing now. Oh, yeah. Like, imagine you could lock a kid in a room from 1985 and you lock a kid in a room from 2015 and the kid somehow can have his phone, and the kid from the 80s gets a speak and spell or whatever you'd have in those days, how blown away people would be by kids in 2015. You can ask, like, what is this in this language? Blah, what's this times this? That. And they could hit you so fast just having this little device on them. We just know what, do you know how many dumb shit we've all retained just from going on Wikipedia phones? Mm-hmm. Like, just dumb stuff that really doesn't matter? Mm-hmm. The amount of Jeopardy answers I've been able to shout out from just the useless... <laughs> wikipedia wormholes it's insane now we can learn now i remember when the internet when i was really little and the internet first came out and i was like this is phenomenal i could learn like an encyclopedia's worth of information through my computer oh man the encyclopedia companies are fucked i remember thinking that like in grade four because <laughs> i was like the amount of stuff i'm able to get on the computer versus my six you know junior canadian britannica set is gonna shit on encyclopedias <laughs> little, little did we realize that basically now everything you could ever hope to know Someone's put up online. This is a question that leads into the next question I want to ask you guys. But do you remember the first time you went on the internet? I remember vividly the first time I went on the internet. Oh, what? Yeah. I'm trying to think. What was the first time? What was the first thing you looked I at? I think it was around like 1996 or 97. So of course I was looking up Edmonton Oilers stats. I think I was curious if Bobby Dallas shot left or right. Bobby Dallas, I remember him. Yeah. So it was something Oiler. I didn't even think Oilers had a website then. It was one of those geo cities with a midi track played underneath one of those type of websites but that was the first time i remember the internet mm-hmm. well, do you remember one oh yeah i remember absolutely um like i've really been interested in technology since day one okay i was really lucky my dad brought home a computer when i was little like very little and i got all i could do is play typing tutor but i would be like can i play typing tutor <laughs> yes anything to shut you up you little weirdo go play typing tutor I'm like, nah, 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 nah. And I remember sitting there looking at the computer and being like, one day it'll be like a TV and one day I'll be able to learn anything I want on it. And one day, and I was just really into it. Mm-hmm. So I remember going and seeing a BBS. You know what those are? I do not know, but BBS, I nodded like I did. It predates the internet, basically. And it was when you had dial up and you could basically just dial into a room and people would be like, here's a sports course. And you'd be like, interesting. And here's a bunch of pornography, but it's all an ASCII yeah. code because <laughs> this is the olden days and there were no photos. And that was the first time I ever saw a computer connected to a computer. Okay. through bbs i was like holy shit now all the computers are talking soon then we'll all be enslaved by them <laughs> and then i remember the first time i went on the commercial internet it was a similar thing like GeoCities. yeah and i was like oh man it is happening but i always felt as a little kid maybe that's why i like doing technology mm-hmm. is like i could imagine what it could be like one day and I, I the minute i first saw a monitor and it was just chrome right it was just black and green and it was just like typing dos command I was like, oh, man, this is it. One day this is going to be every TV show is going to be through this thing. Like just being a little guy, I guess you could kind of. I remember the first time I saw Nintendo blew my mind. I had a buddy and he called me and we're little. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? Do you have any pubes? No, me either. (laughs) And he was like, you got to come to my house. You will never believe what I've got. And we're like, pubes? Five. Yeah. (laughs) Pubes? You have pubes? He's like, I told you already. No. And I went to his house and he came and met me. He was like halfway between my house and his house. He came and met me. We were little guys walking because it was dangerous. My mom wouldn't let me go by myself. And I was like, what do you have? He's like, I have the most incredible device ever invented. I have this thing that allows you to play games on the, on the TV. 
Oh my. And I imagined like a board game on top of an old TV. Like play games on the TV. I'm like, well, that doesn't sound very interesting. You just have a tabletop TV with a board game on it. And then I saw Mario. And I was just like, oh my God in heaven. He can make the television do things. That was the eye-opening one for me. Man, Mario 3 for the NES. I still play that at my sister's house because she still has it. And I love it. It's like a collector's item now. It's fantastic. A buddy of mine, a good friend, actually one of the guys that helped me start the nation up, uh, gave me a gift the other day because I've, I've been working down in Mexico a lot and I'm back now. My sister's having a little, uh, another niece or nephew okay. and I want to watch this circus double in size. <laughs> so I'm home for a while. And he's like, well, you know, I know you're going to be kind of bored here. So he got me a game emulator. Ooh. Every Nintendo game, every Super Nintendo game, every Sega game, <laughs> every Sega Genesis game, and something else. All delivered on a little tiny Raspberry Pi computer with two controllers. And I was like, if you gave this to a kid in 1993, he would give you $40 million for it. Yep. And it's just, it's amazing how little computing power it takes. It's, it's absolutely nuts, man. Do you remember your first time on the interwebs bagged milk? So you're bit, trying to rack your brain. No, it's a little bit more embarrassing. I figured it out. I was looking up corn lyrics. Mm. <laughs> like, I, If I remember right, it was the lyrics to Blind by Corn okay. specifically. I don't particularly care for corn anymore, but... I did have my own corn fan site. You did? I did. I wrote it on Angel Fire. Yes, I remember Angel Fire. <laughs> and it was a lot of stolen material, uh, which taught me that the internet doesn't really care when you steal things sometimes, including corn lyrics. Mm-hmm. Best of both worlds. There you go. I made a GeoCities page with my buddy very early on, and we just basically, like little kids, we have nothing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, there wasn't Facebook and whatnot, because yeah. there'd still be a record of this shit. Basically, we wrote down the rules of us being friends and how we were the coolest guys in the world and how girls were going to get it and we were going to give it to them. And I didn't even know what that means. Like, we're 12 and, like, whoop their ass at dodgeball, of course. And, like, I remember I printed it out. Oh, really? And the power of seeing my own printed word. I was like, this is phenomenal. These idiots will let you put anything on the internet. And I just couldn't believe that you could just make your own website. And, like, little gifts and dancing Jesus and whatnot. And I remember when you told me about Twitter. Really? Yeah, you told me that. He's like, oh, you got to sign up. This is probably like 2000, early 2009, you told me about Twitter. And you're like, oh, you got to sign up for this. This is so cool. You can just like, it's like Facebook statuses, but without the rest of the garbage. And you just tell people whatever you're doing. I'm like, nah, that'll never last, Wanye. <laughs> Get out of here. And then sure enough, yet here we are. Uh, I was going to make fun of my brother staying logged on the internet playing warcraft and forgetting to log off so the phone was tied up all night sure but now we're talking about building websites yeah i don't know about this story but how did the nation come to fruition oh man well so oilers nation started this is a very odd story like i think about how much of my own information to inject into this tale whenever i sometimes tell stories <laughs> it starts back with when the big bang happens yes. and that's why Connor mcdavid shoots left like it doesn't even make any sense <laughs> me and my buddy were really, really mad when Ryan Smith got traded. Like, really mad. It was the day after my 18th birthday. Oh. Yeah, it was rough. And, like, i just gone on my own immersion. Like, my life and the Oilers have always been, like, enmeshed with one another because we're one single thing. Yep. And I think everything in my life revolves around the Oilers. And if the Oilers don't do well, I feel like I'm cursed. And if they're doing well, I'm invincible and whatnot. <laughs> and um, I was like, man, this is just too much. Smitty getting traded like this cup run and Chris Pronger you're tearing me apart you bastard and we got to do something and it was just pure and undelterated rage as any good company is formed under and we created this website <laughs> bring Ryan home and bring Ryan home was just a series of articles I'd lifted off other sites 
about Ryan Smith being traded. And then I wrote very angry, angry shit about Smitty getting dealt. And we made a bunch of t-shirts. My sister did the graphic design and it was a milk carton that had Ryan Smith on it like a missing kid. And I said, missing. And then we made these t-shirts and then we couldn't figure out how to get stickers made. So we just printed it off and went around with glue sticks and okay. glued stick these things everywhere. And I remember one night we went into like the old filthy McNasty and we glued a bunch of these things to the window. So drunk. And then we went and played Golden Tee wearing the matching t-shirts. <laughs> and this bouncer comes over and just basically grabs us both in submission <laughs> holds. He's like, get out of here. We're like, what on earth are you speaking of, good sir? He's like, I know you put those glue things all over the bathroom. We're like, it's not us. He's like, your t-shirt matches these things. <laughs> like, it is you, you dummies. We're like, yeah, whatever. And then we left. And, you know, I, I always wanted to learn about technology. I made a software company when I was 18 sold it when i was 19 for five grand and then spent it all on a television because i didn't understand money then or now and i really wanted to do learn about internet technology and i'm like a big technology yeah. guy yeah. and at the time there was hardware there was software and internet was just another discipline we didn't really realize at the time everything was going to go online and so i was like well we're money hustlers we've done things we have our own businesses we float our own moves screw it let's start up an oilers website but let's do it for real like we approached all these 20, there's like 23 bloggers writing about the Oilers. We approached everyone and said, hey, we're doing this. It's a company. We have money. Do you want to get in? Everybody ignored us. So I went to the one of the first Oilers Nation meetings ever and had the unpleasant job of being like, no one's going to write for us and everybody's mean and I don't understand bloggers. That was my introduction to the blogging world. And my business partner was just like, well, what are we going to do, man? Like, we never really thought about this thing not having any writers. And I was like, I'll write for it. And he's like, how are you going to write? You don't know anything. At this point, we've decided to move it from um, bringryanhome to oilersnation.com, but we bought a bunch of other domain names. So in our mind, we we're going to do like a network. Okay. And he's like, we can't get Edmonton writers. How are we going to get any writers? And I was like, well, we just got to start. And I was like, I will commit to you. I will write one article a day for a year. He's like, what do you know about anything? I'm like, less than nothing. <laughs> However, I will learn. And as the minute we start getting advertisers, what I'm really going to do is start pitching advertisers. And I didn't even know how to do that. And I just started yelling at everybody I could find with a one-page <laughs> Word document that said internet written on it. And we made a little business out of it. And then we started talking with people online, and that's when we met. Yeah, we met probably in 2008 at some point. Going way back. Holy smokes. I started out, I found the nation just random Googling for Oiler stuff. And then I thought it was really charming and funny and different how Wanya used to like have these goofy MSN MS paints with just like lol written on people's face. And it was like very Perez Hilton. And it was, it was different the way that he covered the sport. And I thought it was interesting. And that's when I kind of reached out. I wish I could remember my original nation name. It's probably like, Oilers dude or something like that. Cobra like, 63. Yeah, Ooh, like I really wish I could remember. At any moment. I really wish I could remember my own name. And then we started our own blog, jeanshortsandbagmilk.com. Yeah. And then that's when we kind of got to know each other. And that was in 2008. And I used to spend my entire time in my cubicle at my actual day job doing Gmail chat with Wanye. Yeah. And he would just tell me things that were going on. And then. Which was nothing. <laughs> like, you'll never believe what's about to occur. What? I don't know. Nothing. I wish something were happening. Yeah, but it was like, I thought it was awesome. It was like, we're having this party at Hudson's or whatever. And I was like, wow, this is like an actual thing that happens. You guys are actually doing something. And then I don't remember really how it progressed from there. I started commenting on the site a lot. Yeah. I started doing a weekly feature. Well, in those days, basically every single commenter on the site was fake. Really? Yeah, because no one would ever say anything. And I was like, we look like losers. I had no idea how traffic worked or anything <laughs> like that. 
I was like, well, it's time people start talking. So I created a bunch of fake names, and my buddy, my business partner, created fake names, too. Okay. And we would just sit on there and basically yell at each other all the time. <laughs> and I had, like, distinct personalities in really? my mind. Yeah. Wow. And we had another dude, actually, um, his internet funny name is Bingo Fuel. Oh, I'm familiar with Bingo Fuel, yes. Yeah. That's, like, my boy since grade three. Really? Yeah, and he was the editor of the Gateway for a while at the university. And I was like, what stalwart man in publishing can I bring aboard my burgeoning corporation? And I called him, and we were both working at Atco at the time. And I remember we went into, like, the staff room and had a secret meeting in front of an old piano. And I was like, did you hear the internet? It's on computers, see? And there's a million dollars to be made. Hurry now. And so he was our editor, and he wrote stuff, too. And uh, so when we, we started talking, you're, like, the first guy I talked to on the internet. Yeah. Pretty much, like, except for my days on Nexopia and my earlier days in AIM and my earlier days on ICQ and my earlier, like, in this iteration. It was, yeah. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it? Just nuts to think how much has changed from 2008 to 2017. Like, nine years is a long time. But just think about just the way we communicate mm-hmm. has changed tenfold. And what's going to happen now in 2027? How much different is the nation going to be? Is there going to be even a world in 2027? I just assume we're going to be shooting Oilers information straight into your brain somehow. Exactly. Oh, yeah. There will be a nation in 2027 because we really like what we're doing. I just meant a world in general. No, no, no. If no. The world there will be a nation. To... It may, there might not be a world, okay. but we'll have a be... solar-powered server. You guys will on. be on the... Okay. We'll be the last thing ever said. Our last tweet will be like, Connor, lol. <laughs> 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 and then the missiles hit. We're all vaporized. You know, if I ha- if I knew that there was a comet about to hit the Earth and we had 24 hours to live, I would want to watch Oilers games for the last 24 hours around the clock while drinking myself silly, projecting forward what could have happened had the world not ended. I'm sure you're not alone in that. I could watch Connor McDavid highlights all day. Like, as an example, the other day, probably about a week ago, I just found on Reddit, some guy did a mashup of all the cool things that Connor McDavid has done in 12 minutes. I watched it probably five times. I, I killed an hour at the office. Sorry, Wanya. And I killed yeah, an hour at the office. that's o- your job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we figured out a hole in the matrix. Yeah. You were on point doing that. And, like, even when you mentioned the goal before where he comes up to the point, and he button hooks, and then Whoa. it's... I can picture it in my head. I know what you're talking about. The kid is so special that how could you not want to watch that? That's very true. You don't want to read about it. And the thing is, wrench how much the world has changed. You can read Oilers Nation on your phone, on the, on the bus, on the way to work. <laughs> the bus, hey? On yeah, the you know, you can I know 95% of people reading anything we write are sitting on the toilet. Yeah, but honestly, Not though, thinking about the sanitary implications no. of holding their t- phone in their hand. No, the perfect example is that Jimmy Kimmel had the guys from Back to the Future on, like, maybe six months ago or something. They said, whoa, people are watching this live on TV. And he goes, no, they're probably watching it on the crapper the morning after. But still, they're still watching it right now. And it's... I went to this crazy, like, meeting about the future of new media in San Francisco, right? I go down there a lot and just try and absorb all the information that I can before they get hip to the fact I don't belong and throw me out. And I was in this conversation 2012. So the nation by that point was like five years old. And I was very much mentally and financially invested in figuring out how to make new media work. And I was in this summit and this guy's up and he's talking. And at this point, everybody was still on desktop and all the traffic of the newspapers was crashing and the circulation was crashing and the website traffic was crashing. And this guy's like, fear not, because what's coming is digital snacking. And he outlined this world where everyone has a smartphone. And everyone has a web browser. And by 2012, it was already happening, but it wasn't like fully the way it is now. And there weren't apps as much and blah, blah, blah. And it's amazing to think it was only five years ago. And he's like, digital snacking. And someone's like, bullshit. Where are people going to sit idle for four minutes with their phones every single day? And the guy was literally like on the toilet. And it's funny that like being on the toilet 
looking at content is what saved like the earth's media industry basically this might be a weird question when's the last time you went to a bathroom without your phone see i'm a little bit different now like i've been on my phone so much Forty-five thousand career tweets bag milk no big deal i gotta catch up yeah i put it face down mostly everywhere i go now. really i'm okay. trying to like make my man i mean you must be the same way like working through your phone yeah yeah i try I, when i'm done i usually just try to put it down when i'm on i'm on but when i'm off i try to be so off how many text messages do you get in a day I'm honestly not that popular, but oh, you don't get work texts from people being like, "Hey, it's me, TJ uh, Miller," but not enough to be like, "Oh my god, my phone." Okay, not enough. I'm very fortunate. Do you get a lot of emails on your phone. Yes, I do for work. A ton. Yes. How many emails do you get a day? <sighs> Between sixty and seventy, honestly, yeah. probably. Like we're part of like a TSN chain and stuff, yeah, yeah. so you get a lot of those. And out of the seventy I get, two are maybe important. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll throw it over to Bag Milk. I mean, you're poor bastard. You're plugged into the audience of the nation. How many? texts tweets emails facebook linkedin messages faxes to your myspace do you get if you combine kind of emails and texts and just things that are kind of nation related work related i'm probably 60 70 80 a day so like to your point when i unglue when like when i unplug phones in the corner i'm outside i'm trying to outside. pretend that there's like a real sun <laughs> like not just one that i see on tv or something like i try to unplug like if i'm at the lake don't even try to reach me because you can't it's very old school. If anything important happens, you'll figure it out when you get back. Oh. You know what was I doing when I was ice fishing, and something happened? What the hell was it? I think. Oh my god, I can't believe I can't remember. Trade like a signing something or something. Something oiler related. Oiler related, yeah. and I was ice fishing, and I like went on my phone. People were like, "I can't believe this idiot hasn't said anything about this." And I was like, "Man, I was ice fishing. Shit, what was it? I can't remember what I forgot." <laughs> <laughs> that means it never happened, bag milk. But yeah, I try and unplug, right? Yeah. And and you know when you get all your emails and your texts and shit, it can be really overwhelming. Oh yeah. And I hit a burnout point because I was just like live checking everything nonstop, and and I was just like, man, I can't do anything else but check my phone all day long. It got to a point for me when I would be on Twitter on my phone, I'd check it, I'd close it, put my phone down for a second, pick it up again, and open the same app again. It's like I was literally just there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nothing has happened. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a hard habit to break. It's going to be something, I think, when we're looking at how we use technology, which is changing so fast all the time. We're going to look back in 10 years and be like, God damn, you're really that glued to social media all the time? And you're like, yeah. Like, What was the most popular show in the world? Memes. Memes? What the fuck are you talking about? There's only like, they say there's 10 people in the world that make 90% of the memes. Holy crap. If you think about the reach those people have, it dwarfs any old publishing titan of back in the day, like, Randall Hurst, who cares? I'm Daquan. Yeah, I was just gonna, I was gonna bring up Daquan. Like he's a dude from Calgary, yeah. and he's just crushing it. Yeah, Got yeah. a massive audience. Like you and I, Wanya, you, you we love the Cash Me Outside girl. Oh, like, love her to death. It's just the we'll best. Work for her one like day. how how many followers does she have already for just like high, being absurd on Doctor Phil? Like that's amazing. The world we live in that this girl now has millions of followers going Cash Me Outside. How about that? And then Doctor Phil's like, What did you just say? And she's like, You heard me, <laughs> Phil. Yeah. And then now she's just this massive thing and she's getting pictures taken with kim kardashian and thank whatever. god it wasn't the social media area when jerry springer was at his height oh, imagine oh, how many yeah. yokels he'd have given voice to and there'd be like Whew. a cadre of catch me outside girls absolutely i think she's very interesting and i think that she, it, the photo she took with kim kardashian is really interesting too and we'll do a little nerdy rant here because finally the nerds have their own show <laughs> i read this thing and it was talking about what people talk about in the world and they did this study of like different groups of humanity throughout the world so they talked to people in like london and they talked to people in the midwest of america and they talked to people in china and they talked to people in the urals of russia and like nepal and stuff and there's like a two-tent village up in the mountains they did this study 
and they found that people talk about the same stuff all around the world. I can't remember the order, but it was like your family, your weather. Everybody talks about the weather all around the world. Your financial outlook. So if you're farming, you're talking about farming. If you're a shoe cobbler, shoes, whatever it may be. But the last thing was really interesting that everybody talked about. If you're living in Tokyo or you're living in a two-tent community, tent A gossips about tent B. Really? It's like in the human condition to see the sassy-looking lady walk down the street and be like, ha, 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 look at her butt. But now we live in a world where most people who are paying attention to social media and shit live in, like, suburban life. Yeah. You don't know your neighbor. You're really isolated. So I think, like, the Kardashians have, like, stepped in and fulfilled that human need to gossip about people. And their show really reveals nothing. And when you look at people talking about the Kardashians, they're taking sides in the arguments between Scott Disick and his wife and stuff. And I think it's, like, fulfilling, like, a really basic human need of gossiping about somebody and talking down and shit about them. Everybody wants to make fun of Shelbyville. Exactly. And by ha- the Kardashians are like, we get it. We'll cop all your crap. Because last year we made $127 million doing it. And you're like, damn. The Cash Me Outside girl has 5 million followers or whatever it is because people are way younger than Kardashian fans. are like, oh, no, she didn't. And then they follow her. Yeah. So the Kardashians are the heroes that we deserve is what you're saying right now. <laughs> no, the Kardashians are a very unfortunate byproduct of living in a world where we live through our phones. It's very true. And we live through our TVs. This is not what I expected this podcast to get to, but I've enjoyed it. Well, it's real life. I mean, we can talk whatever we want. The good folks of Finning have seen to it. <laughs> Speaking of which, just real quick. One thing that does drive me crazy, though, is when you're walking around, say, downtown or something, and then just people are so glued to their phone that they can't even walk in a straight line without just being like this. We were at about 109th Street, roughly around there, Jasper, and I saw somebody case themselves on a sign oh. where they went completely horizontal down onto their back because they were just straight looking at their phone. And I have to say, I thought I found it hilarious. I was the guy with the window down driving by cackling, like I laughed, <laughs> just dying laughing. But how often does that happen where somebody's just not paying attention where they're going? People run into each other, whatever. Take a walk through the mall, fellas, and take a look at how many people are on their phone. Or like when Pokemon Go came out, oh. it's just a world, world of zombies cruising around. Man, but they're outside. Man, man. I was overseas when that went down. Where the hell was that? Somewhere or other. That's a very accurate story. Thank you, Wanye. Goodbye. Uh, and I was driving in a cab and I looked at a park and there was like this huge mass of people. And I was like, what the fuck is going on over there? It looks like a great time. And I pulled into wherever I was going nearby and was like, what's going on at the park? And they were like, oh, Pokemon. (laughs) Everybody went to the park for Pokemon. What are you talking about? I didn't understand the go part of it. That was quite an interesting time to be alive. Remember people were getting dogs? Do you remember this? No. People were going to get dogs at the SPCA. Because they want to be able to walk around and play Pokemon and not look like weirdos. You can walk around without a dog. Is there a worse reason to <laughs> adopt an animal than I want to play video Pokemon? Wait, is that go. what you write on the application? Pokemon. Why, do you, why do you want the dog? Oh, I saw the article. They're like, mm, all the pounds are experiencing an uptick of lazy millennials and other weird assorted folk buying dogs to walk around to play Pokemon. As a dog owner, it did help. <laughs> I, would just, I would just take my dog for a walk. Surely around. you wouldn't get a yeah. dog for that simple reason. No, I love my dog. Had her for a while. But... You know, when I'm walking her and I catch a squirrel, uh, catch a squirtle, then, uh, you know, benefits for all. What's a squirtle? I have no idea. A uh, little turtle guy. Do you still play Pokemon Go? No, I was like, I was hot and heavy into it for about two weeks. And I'm like, man, this is way too much walking. And then there was like people in my neighborhood, you would see them slowly creeping down the road. They would drive super slow because then you get their, your, hatch your eggs. Uh, yeah. But they're too lazy to walk. So the they just kind of idle. <laughs> Yeah, they're just idling down the road to catch hatch eggs for Pokemon Go. So in 2017, you've got supercomputers in your pocket, interconnectivity, or you can real-time communicate with anyone on the Earth, 
and the computing power of your phone will blow your mind. What are you using it for? Okay, we've got Pokemon, <laughs> which you can just walk around and catch a virtual Pikachu. We've got Tinder and Grinder, which has made getting a girl or a guy as easy as a flick of the wrist. Well, what was the first social media you were ever on? Was it like MySpace or? ICQ. Oh, Did you consider that uh -oh. social media? Yeah. Well, yeah. Every time I heard an uh-oh, I knew some of us yeah. about to go down. I was big on that. Loved it. What about like an actual standalone site, kind of like not a messenger kind of thing, like MySpace, Nexopia? Would you count making like a GeoCities page as part of that? Sure. People come on and I would see it on my yeah. counter and be like, hey, 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 I did it again. Yeah. My first one, I remember Nexopia was huge at Nate when I was going. Oh, yeah. And it was like everybody in the computer commons would have their Nexopia page open. You are customizing it. Look at all the cool GIFs yep. I'll put on my Nexo page. And then when they introduce Plus. Plus. And then you're like, man. I should pay for this so I get more pictures. Man, oh man, Nexopia. We used to share an office with them back in 09. I remember. Love Nexopia. So proud. Like we had Facebook before Facebook had Facebook and then Zuckerberg was in charge of Facebook and suddenly there was no Nexopia, but Facebook was still a thing, right? And he's one of my heroes of life. Zuck's a man. But I remember the guy from Nexopia, Timo, I think, yeah, Timo Edwards is his name. Just a local guy. Genius, right? And he's like up in front and he's like super awkward, didn't want to talk to anybody, but he was like the king of everything. And he's like, I invented Nexopia in high school. And then it was like growing really fast. This is before cloud computing, right? So you had to have a server. <laughs> How the hell is a 16 year old kid have a server? What the <laughs> fuck are we even talking about here, right? Like you had to have a sysadmin, man, which was a grumpy guy. You had to go in and make sure that the servers were plugged wow. in and all sorts of stuff, right? And Timo bless his heart. I don't know how the hell he did it in high school. He's like, I built all this crap. And then I went and did my final exams. And then I came back and my hosting company told me I needed 16 more servers. Like they had 1.5 million users in Canada before Facebook launched. Jesus. And the Western Canadian penetration was insane. And this poor guy was in high school. And he's like, then I had to introduce ads. And I wasn't making any money. And then I thought, what am I going to do? And then he rolled out Nexopia Plus which showed you kind of like LinkedIn does now who looked at your page, but the genius of Nexopia plus and why Timo is like a thundering genius in my mind was he goes, you can see if people are creeping on you, but if you pay, you don't get seen. Oh yes. I was actually at Facebook one time and I'm like, I want to be the asshole that gives you an idea because I don't, you don't need an idea. And the guy's talking, he's like, give me your idea. Everybody gives ideas. I was like, and I told him about Nexopia plus and he's like, well, what the hell? Like, wasn't there just rampant credit card fraud? Because remember, Nexopia is for kids. Yep. Right? And Nexopia, poor Timo had to work with the RCMP because there were so many child predators and yep. stuff on there. And they actually would train the RCMP how to find scumbags online. How to find catfishes and D-bags. Because they and... were, their guys moderating everything were the people on the front lines of this, like, global revolution of people going online, right? And I remember, like, going into work and we had the little corner office and that was it. And we were, God even knows what we were doing. Garbage was what we were doing. <laughs> When I come in, there's like all these cops. I'm like, what happened? Did Timo murder somebody? <laughs> they're like, no, man, we train the cops here on how to find child predators. And they had all these plaques from the RCMP. And like, it was just a really, really cool company. And so I told them the idea. And the guy was like, well, wouldn't just people have like rampant fraud using their parents' credit cards to sign up? I'm like, oh, yes. As I recall, Timo had that exact problem. And he said like, man, if we really rolled that out and like one-tenth of our users picked it up, that would be crazy. And they never have, obviously. But Brought it to Facebook's attention. They were like, that guy's a genius. I'm like, he is, man. He's one of the smartest Edmontonians ever, I think. I would probably have to buy it if Facebook did it. I don't, I, I don't need people knowing where I'm about and where I'm looking. 
I'm one of the guys that needs the anonymity. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Why were you on my page three times yesterday? Yeah. Just don't worry about what I was doing. Don't worry. I was using your head for a Photoshop project I can never show you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. You guys want to hear a very old sentence? I once remember watching my friend's band play at the Nexopia stage at Warp Tour. Nice. That's a very old-fashioned sentence. Wow. It was really interesting, like, what they did with their brand. Because they were like, we're foreseeing a world where there's going to be a lot of music sharing. And so they really wanted to position themselves in music as a way to get people listening to music online on their Nexopia page. That's like really interesting. That is. They did sponsor a bunch of, they yeah. had a bunch of money and, and they sponsored a bunch of stuff. Whereas Facebook really didn't roll ads out for a long time. Yeah. So what you're saying is we need to make a social network movie, but about Nexopia starting your buddy. Timo. Yeah. He sold it. He made millions See, and he works for Google. There you go. <laughs> and I'm like, thank God Google has him. Google will know what to do with Timo. He's a genius and they're full of geniuses and, you know, do you think Tom the- from MySpace is like, where's my movie? <laughs> <laughs> Tom from MySpace. I mean, I love the day when he clapped back at that guy. It was just like, I yeah. made 400 million off my social network and you're trying to get an extra half day off, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Internet people are an odd bunch because the failure rate is so high. Totally. If you're any way scared of failure, you can't do it. The amount of shit you have to take from people is so immense. But if all of a sudden your shit catches fire, guy who was the intern yesterday is the ceo tomorrow and that's when it's really really interesting and that's the guy who invents snapchat and now he's marrying miranda kerr and you know if she married james packer she does it for love yeah <laughs> yeah all right james packer welcome to the spiegel household <laughs> we're doing it big because we're public absolutely internet they're the new rock stars though i mean it's it's it depends on what you're interested in i've got the blinders on because my whole world revolves around business and the internet technology and doing stuff like that. So I think Evan Spiegel, I'm like, what a guy, he really did it. But I'm so like out of touch with what normal people are excited about and like reasonable people with families and the like, it's hard for me to say. I think Snapchat's a very interesting company. The interesting thing to me about the internet is how grossly overestimate, well, how people grossly overestimate certain aspects of it. I'll get emails at the nation all the time. Like, listen here, I'm going to write for your site. You only have to pay me six grand a month. I'll write 50 articles. I'm like, whoa. Really? Like, Thank is you, that Mr. A, Hemingway. Is you that might a, be Ernest Hemingway if you're making that much. Is cash. that a thing that happens? Yeah. Really? But it happens all the time. The internet's great, though. And, like, I love it because it allowed my business partner and I in northern Canada to put together a network of 12 websites and some partnerships and some this, that's, and the others. And it allowed us to participate in hockey. And, like, Three times the annual population, sorry, three times the population of Canada annually comes to the nation. And that's insane to me because it's still me in my underwear watching Star Trek being like, anything good to eat in the fridge? No, we don't even know how to work the oven. Like, world hasn't changed. One of the greatest days ever was when I got the text from you and you were like, it's time for you to quit your job. Oh, Come yeah? over to the nation. I was like, oh my God, I don't have anywhere to be tomorrow. This is the greatest. I thought we were ruining your life. So I can't remember at what point, but I was like, man, I got to get some help here, right? Because I got to go out and sell ads. And my job for the first little while was writing. But then my job became, I got to build the network, right? And we all, what do we got now? 85 writers? Something like that, yep. He's the boss of all. Wow. The big man himself. The boss of all bosses. Right? King Koopa? What's his name at the end of the Mario? Yes. Yeah. Bowser. That's you. Bowser. That's yes. right. It's come a long way from when we were little. Best uh, character in Mario Kart, by the way. I stand by that. Bowser? More of a Luigi man myself. Are you? Yeah. Why don't we do this? Because I don't know about these rich celebrities that were on this podcast with me before. I think that they've taken a bit of a summer hiatus, and God knows how long Bruno Mars will be in town. <laughs> Let's keep talking about the history of the nation next time. 
Sure. Okay. Talk about when you came to the nation and I texted you in a blind panic, probably because I've been ruining your life by making you do social media while you had a day job. And you kept getting warnings about how if you don't get off your phone, you're fired. Real quick story before we go. One, the, what one is talking about is one time I got into called into a boardroom. And when I walk into the boardroom, they had the big projector screen down. And there I see my Twitter account up on the board. And there was my three bosses sitting around. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> and it was like one of the dumbest tweets ever. Because this was probably, I, I came on full time in 2013, I think. So like, Something happened to Taylor Hall. I'm going to go jump off the high-level bridge. It was just like a dumb tweet like that. And they're like, are you okay? Oh, really? Like, we have counseling. Like, do you need to talk about this? I'm like, no, I'm just an idiot on the internet. This is really hard to explain. By the way, do not look at my tweets or what time they go out during the day. Off limits. They're like, what do you mean? I got called back a few times, but. I'd have flipped it. I'd have flipped it on him and been like, if you thought I was really about ready to jump off a bridge with projecting it onto a wall <laughs> and putting my three bosses in front of me in the most awkward situation possible, be the way to proverbially talk me off the ledge. It sounds like a lawsuit, major Canadian car manufacturer. That's what I would have done. Well, now he was like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, by the way, we're taking your bonuses away because you're fucking around on company time. I'm like, no, oh, okay. And then I had to sign a document saying... I will not tweet out from at JSBM bagged milk during business hours between 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. or whatever it was. Wow. And I was like, come to the nation and work here. And all you do is write tweets. <laughs> encourage that. Uh, good times. Oh, Corporate life. Yeah. Living I'm looking forward to getting into the more history. It is rather interesting. And a lot's happened not just on the internet, but just with the hockey team itself over the last nine oh, years. The God. league itself has changed. Oh, we can talk about all that. I'd actually love to go through all those old memories. Ryan Petulny. Oh, son of a bitch. Dean Arsini. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's oh, a good that's one. Not awful. Man, Ryan Petalny, I remember he scored like 15 goals or something. I'm like, this guy's legit. I convinced myself that he was the answer to all of our problems. Well, we'll talk about it next yes. week. In the meantime, that'll be the Real Life Podcast this week. Brought to you by Fitting Canada. All the parts you need in one place. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.